Welcome back to My Seminary Life. I'm your host, Brandon Knight, and it is Fish Fridays. Yes, every Friday in Lent, we are stopping off to have a conversation about what it looks like to observe Lent. For those of us who grew up maybe not in a liturgical church setting or in a Catholic church setting, digging into it and why you should probably actually add this into your rhythm of worship. In this episode, we're going to be discussing a biblical view of fasting. We're going to get into the Word of God and look at and see what it actually has to say about fasting and why it is good for us to adopt this into our rhythm of worship. Allow me to say rhythm of worship one more time. Rhythm of worship. Hey, everybody. Good to be back with you. Good to be back with you all for another exciting Fish Friday. I hope you have been enjoying these Fish Friday series. Let me know if you have. Drop into my email. Email seminarylife at gmail.com. Let me know. Have you been enjoying the Fish Friday series? If you have... Well, maybe we could add this into the rotation for next year as well. And if you haven't, that's fine too. Fish isn't for everybody. Just ask my wife. So, so far in this series, we've talked about the history of Lent. It also talked about how to prepare for going into a 40-day fast. I did realize that I promoted on social media that I was going to talk about these fun things called punchkis, and I never did talk about that. So allow me to take a moment. Allow me to take a moment to explain what a punchki is, and then we'll get into fasting. It's a good transition anyway. So a punchki in the uh, Polish community is, I would say, it's like a jelly donut. Think like a jelly donut from Dunkin', okay? Um, I talked about how <clears throat> part of the reason why we have Fat Tuesday is because traditionally people would make all these nice desserts or cook up all their food and eat all their alcohol, eat all their alcohol, drink all their alcohol with this big celebration so that way then it wouldn't be a temptation during Lent to go back into the cup cupboard and get these things out. So in the Polish community, they started making these donuts essentially that traditionally had rose jam or plum jam, prune, prune jam in it, which I don't know if you've ever had a rose jam before, or if you've ever had rose Turkish delight, it is delicious. It is so good. Anyway, in areas that have a high concentration of Polish people, particularly in the Midwest here in the Chicagoland area, up in like Wisconsin, Kenosha area, I think also like uh, some some areas of Pennsylvania as well, you can find these at local supermarkets or at Polish delis. Uh, as a part of the celebration here, you get to have on Fat Tuesday your nice, big, delicious donut uh you can now get them with like chocolate pudding or bavarian cream lemon apple raspberry all these different flavors usually if i go to the store and get them if i can't find rose or apricot apricot is my other pick um those are like my two favorites uh if i can't i'll usually get like blueberry or raspberry uh and i'll eat them prior to and on the day of Fat Tuesday. 
yeah, so that's what that is. I think in other traditions, they have something different. I think there's like a king's cake pancake thing that you eat down south, like for Mardi Gras and stuff like that. That's what that was for those of you who saw the picture on social media. Okay, so that's enough. Enough of that. Let's get now into fasting. We've put our punchkis away. We are now going to talk about fasting. So what is a biblical view of fasting? What is a proper way to fast? Are we supposed to be fasting? So fasting is a willingness of, is it, specific time period where you are willingly choosing the path of self-denial to grow in your relationship with God. You are taking on an element of self-denial in order to have a unique relationship with God. I don't know if unique is necessarily the right way. Uh, I know in some communities they would use the phrase, it's a channel of grace. It's a specific channel of grace that God can meet a person at. Fasting is a period of self-denial with a specific purpose to get closer to God, to show repentance, and for prayer. And for those of you who were back at the beginning of what is Lent, you will recall that one of the, uh, that two of the four main virtues of Lent are repentance and prayer. And of course, fasting is the biggest one, the, the most recognizable element. And then almsgiving is that fourth one. So, Biblically speaking, all three of these are correlated together. Fasting, intercessory prayer, and repentance all come together in, can all come together in the act of fasting. So let's, let's turn now to the scripture and talk about some of these things. So fasting is, reminds us that as we give up food, as we, as we give up beverages, we are reminded that God is the bread of life, that Jesus is the bread of life. Looking at John 6, 35, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So Jesus, like we talked about during Roots of Sabbath, which reminds me of something else I want to say, as we learned about in Roots of Sabbath, where Jesus is the ultimate form of rest. We find our ultimate rest in Jesus. So as with fasting, it is good to fast because it is a reminder that we do need food, but it is also a reminder that Jesus is greater spiritually than the food and the drink that we can consume. You know, Jesus meets the woman at the Samaritan Samaritan well in John chapter 4 and says, you know, if you drink from this well, you will thirst again. But if you drink of the living water that I give, you'll never thirst. So Jesus has this way of taking these very mundane needs that we have in our life and then shifting the focus onto the deeper spiritual need and being able to use those mundane needs 
examples to get to the point. So fasting is a reminder to us that just as much as we need food and beverages to survive, we need the spiritual bread and spiritual water that Jesus provides in order for us to survive as well. When it comes to fasting, as I said, fasting and intercessory prayer go together. Looking here, I'm trying to find, I've got a whole bunch of verses here. I'm trying to find a, a shorter one. Uh, here we go. Ezra 8.23 says, So we fasted and petitioned our God about this, and he answered our prayer. It's a little bit ripped out of context, so let me give us a bigger one just to reassure people. Psalm 35, 13, and 14. Yet when they were ill, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting. When my prayers returned to me unanswered, I went about mourning as though for my friend or brother. I bowed my head in grief as though weeping for my mother. And this gets to a point that I want to discuss that is also related to our January series roots of Sabbath that, so we have this, this element within fasting of self-denial. We are putting aside, biblically speaking, food and water and other, other beverages in a modern context. And especially at Lent, this can also include alcohol, pastries, tobacco, social media, certain forms of content. Uh, I even knew a girl in college who routinely gave up wearing makeup for Lent as a way to find her beauty in her identity in Christ rather than in how she presented herself to the world, which is pretty dang close to what we were talking about a moment ago about Jesus being the bread of life, the living water. Jesus is like the true makeup. Anyway, our true identity. Anyway, so we have in this in this self-denial, it leads to a path of humility. And that goes all the way back to our series we did, very first one, about a year ago now, Spiritual Formation, where we talked about how humility is where growth occurs. And it's when we humble ourselves that growth can occur the most in our lives. With, with fasting, we are in prayer. We are humbling ourselves almost to the point as the psalmist writes here. We could even get to the point of being in a state of mourning, essentially, when it comes to fasting. In order to humble ourselves as we pray before our God, who is greater than all these things. Fasting, humility, self-denial, all of these things done properly reminds us of our smallness and the vastness of God, that we are human, finite creatures, and God is so much greater than all of this. And I find it interesting that when we talk about spiritual disciplines, this is me talking, this isn't necessarily the Word of God. I know we're looking at a biblical view of fasting, but I wanted to say this real quick, that I find it interesting that when we talk about spiritual disciplines, Scripture, reading by reading the Bible and prayer, you're gonna. It, it, most people are like, "Yes, we need to be doing these things." Community, especially now with the 
rise of millennials and Gen Z becoming more and more the uh, leaders and shakers in the church community is starting to find its proper place again of being one of the main forms of spiritual growth as well. Although I was engaged with somebody, a conversation with somebody over social media this week where who was trying to convince me otherwise, among other interesting things. Anyway, you know, people are, for the most part are going to all agree prayer, reading your Bible, being in community, these are the areas where we can find growth. This is where we grow as believers. But when it comes to disciplines like fasting, or as we talked about in January, with observing a Sabbath rest, you find pushback. You find people saying, well, we don't have to do that. And what I find interesting is that fasting and Sabbath both require self-denial. In fasting, you are saying, I am willingly choosing to give up eating meat for an extended period of time so that way I can pray, so that way I can repent, so that way I can serve others, so that way I can find my true sustenance in Jesus. Versus, over here on the Sabbath, a self-denial of laboring, a self-denial of finding your identity, not in your work, but in who Jesus is, right? Your identity in Jesus. We have these two that are very much rooted in saying no. And that's where we get, that's where many Christians push back. We, well, we, we don't have to fast. We don't have to observe the Sabbath. We're free from that, especially when it comes to the Sabbath conversation. And I think this speaks, and I'm speaking primarily to the mostly American audience here for a moment. Sorry to alienate everyone else in the world listening. I think this really speaks to yet another layer in the Christian nationalism onion that when it comes to our perception of what freedom is, when we have spiritual disciplines that require self-denial, we push back against it. But with prayer, where we're talking to God, and it's oftentimes presented as talking to God for the things that we want, or reading scripture, where it's often presented as the greatest TED Talk ever given. Have you ever heard the acronym basic, basic instructions before leaving earth Bible. Those are the ones we really gravitate towards. Give me what I want. Tell me how to do what I should do. So I think, I think we might be pulling back on the onion a bit here, which is why I'm really encouraging you to take up fasting. If you have never fasted, whether in Lent or just a traditional giving up food and most beverages for a period of time, then truly consider doing that and use it as a time for intercessory prayer where you are going to come before God humbly to pray on the behalf of others, to seek Him to find your true sustenance in him and also to repent let's get now to some verses on repentance 
Here we go. Joel 2, 12. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to the... Return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Long one from Jonah as well. Let's see here. Uh, Part of Jonah chapter 3, I will summarize this one. Part of Jonah chapter 3 where he is repenting in the belly of the fish. I'm sleeping with fishes here. Anyway, in the the belly of the fish, uh, part of that a uh, long prayer does involve him talking about fasting as he is repenting. So what we see here is that in this state of humility, and in this state of humility, we are l- moving towards a, a heart that is more open to repentance and not just confession confession and repentance are two different things confession is admitting that you have sinned repentance is turning from it both in mind and in actions i would even say that to repent of the mind is still like repent only and not in your actions is still like repentance in progress like repentance is a changing of your direction. So it's in this humility that we find a hunger and a thirst for God. We come to him in prayer and we realize our sin and we repent of it. We turn to him and God calls us to repent to him in this fashion. In according to Joel chapter two there. So how are we to fast then? This is the big punchline, right? Go to Matthew chapter 6, Sermon on the Mount, right? Yeah. Sorry, that was a wrestling reference. Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. When you fast, not if, but when, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their face to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I know I talked about last week in the preparation episode that if you if what you are fasting from is going to directly affect somebody, then you need to communicate excuse me, you need to communicate that to that person. That is appropriate. But to be an attention seeker for your fasting, you are being hypocritical. Do not be a hypocrite. You're being a hypocrite if you are doing it for the likes, doing it for the comments, doing it for the, <laughs> doing it for the vine. Just dated myself a little bit. Fasting is about you and God. Fasting is about you and prayer, you repenting your humility before God. Not about getting other people's attention. So that is how you fast biblically. So as you go into this season of Lent, we're three weeks in now. And if you're still on the fence about this, still plenty of time to try and come in. Remember that this is not about trying to get other people's attention. 
This is not a conversation about being holier than thou. Fasting is about a private, intentional self-denial that brings you to a place of humility, dependence on God, repentance, and prayer. One last thing as our time starts to run down, I would like to recommend a book to everybody. A Journey to Victorious Praying by Bill Thrasher. That's a cool name. Anyway, <laughs> like that just clicked. I've read this book several times. I took a book. Uh, I took a class on prayer when I was in college during my undergrad, and this was one of the required readings. It's a very good book on the topic of prayer. I recommend it. Uh, it's one of my I, one of my top picks when it comes to prayer, but it is also my tippity top pick when it comes to the subject of fasting and prayer. There's three kind of short, I'm flipping through it now, three kind of short chapters that I have underlined quite a bit of. Um, so I do recommend this if you wanted to, one, have a another good book on prayer, and two, wanted to spend some time reflecting more on the relationship between prayer and fasting as you go into this for the very first time, I encourage you to pick it up. Again, it's A Journey to Victorious Praying by Bill Thrasher. It's been a while since I've read it, but from what I recall, it's very good. All right, well, let's go ahead and start wrapping this episode up. Um, my hope is that as you start to as we start to conclude this episode together is that maybe for the first time you're really starting to see the value of fasting or have felt the uh, are feeling a conviction towards doing this maybe for the first time or even um, maybe it's been a while since you've done this my my hope is that this has um, led you in a direction that you are willing to you'll be humble enough to take Self-denial is hard. It is. Self-denial is very hard. But it's also very rewarding, I think is the right word. It is very rewarding. It can be very rewarding. I have seen in my own life strongholds being broken and you know, intimacy with God growing. And yes, I, I, I do recommend. I definitely recommend fasting. And of course, I recommend Sabbath as well. If you haven't listened to our series, Roots of Sabbath, that was what we talked about back in January. It is very good. And my wife and I and Cooper are still observing Sabbath. We've, we're doing Friday night through Saturday. And uh, if anything, it has definitely provided a, a very sweet, intentional time for family to be together. But... That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Fish Fridays. So, again, if you're enjoying this series, please rate and review the show wherever you are listening to it at. And please, if you are listening to this for the very first time and you have not chosen a podcast home to listen to the show on, might I suggest following the show on Spotify. I would really appreciate it if you did. But obviously... Pick whatever your favorite one is. If you like Apple, you know, I won't I won't judge you for it, but please consider following us on Spotify. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at my seminary life pod if you would like to keep up with daily updates. 
And as always, you can go into the link, go into the description of this episode to find links to the shop, the website, the GoFundMe as I am raising support for uh, conference expenses for the Every Tribe Denomination and Tongue Convention coming up in May. More details about that will be coming out. We're at the recording of this episode. We're just below 50%. So. Will you be the one? I'm going to sound like those. I'm not even going to do that. I was totally going to sound like one of those uh, one of those Christian radio hosts. Will you be the one to plant your seed and grow a ministry? I don't know. Anyway, uh, is that it? I think that's it. Yeah, I think I, tell, I did all the stuff. Okay, well, thank you all for listening. Appreciate you all so much. Next week, if my math is correct, there's a special holiday taking place next week for Fish Fridays. And so we are going to spend some time talking about my favorite missionary, one of my favorite holidays, who is St. Patrick. How does this relate to Lent? Very little, but it does happen during Lent. And you're lucky we're not talking about Kashmir Pulaski. So we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about St. Patrick next week. It's going to be a fun time of talking about the real person and also casting out snakes and other goofy things. Uh, but I'm Brandon signing off here to remind you once again that theology is best served with a side of coleslaw. Catch you next time.